What's up, everyone? I am Kyle Schudick, and welcome to the Stay in the Fight podcast. I am so grateful to have you listening with me today. This podcast is an in-the-field approach to connect you to the stories and experiences of people who are or have had to overcome their battles, those who have chosen to stay in the fight. You're going to hear of resilience, perseverance, and persistence that hopefully relates and resonates with you to show you that you are not alone in your thoughts and feelings and experiences. Our aim is for you to extract a lesson, strategy, or tactic that you can integrate right now so that when things feel too overwhelming, you too can stay in the fight. We have Henry Johnson or John Stone. Which one is it? You have the E at the end. No, man. You got it absolutely right. <laughs> Henry Johnson. Yeah, man. Welcome. You know, this is going to be, uh, I believe you're going to be episode two, man. So I'm, I'm excited that you, you are, you accepted number one. I'm grateful for that. Grateful for our connection. And yeah, welcome. Thank you very much, brother. It is an absolute pleasure to be here because you were on my show. We had a great chat. Oh, just a quick one. Is swearing allowed or are we no swearing? Ah, uh, you know what? I haven't made that decision yet, but I don't care. Oh, right. Well, fucking awesome. Great. There you go. <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was an absolute fucking pleasure to be on your, uh, for you to come on my show. So it's something mm. I can do, you know, I feel very, yeah. very connected to you, the journey yeah. that you're doing, the man that you are. So, you know, it's a no brainer for me. Absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, as soon as you reached out, actually, that's kind of, you're one of the people who compelled me to, to go on with this. You know, I went and did it and I felt liberated liberated that was an experience and um if that's what we can offer to either a guest or people who listen that's that's why we're here and why i invited people like you right who have that journey to tell that story to tell for people to either resonate with or find that they're not alone that's the whole thing the the Mm. figure out this guy's still standing at however old we'll leave that out (laughs) (laughs) been through and how the hell are you still here right? Yes. What did you do? So yeah, yeah you know, people may have not listened to your podcast. We will have different audiences and I'm getting off the ground, but really one, we want to know who you are. So we'll leave it at that. You know, who you are, interests, hobbies, what, what, what occupies your time right now? And we'll just leave it at that. So go ahead. Well, you might be surprised as to what occupies my time, but in answer to that question, you know, I am, I would call myself a beautiful man, you know, mm. loving, compassionate man, committed, loyal caring determined that's who i am uh in terms of what i do outside of doing being that kind of man i'm a devoted partner i love my dogs oh my god i love my dogs so much i'm a metalwork artist i'm a podcaster and i'm also a coach now i'm moving away from the the terminology coach into specialist Mm. because in the uk market it just works better for me but i help young men who are making the transition from say 16 years old 
all the way to 23 and it's that critical time where there's a lot of uncertainty they don't necessarily have a highly developed sense of self their self-esteem is all over the place the confidence is all over the place this is the stage where a lot of young men will go off the rails and then i step in as like not a teacher not a doctor not as a friend but as a really powerful fucking believer Mm. in they are yeah and we just help them you know and i help them identify their healthy aspects of their masculinity how they can step into being a responsible man a powerful man a loving man a vulnerable man and a connected man with none of those things posing a risk to who they are and how do i fill my time now this may surprise you because a lot of people i "I am purpose driven towards the end (laughs) Like, no, I'm, I was saying to you before, like all my success, I kind of, I look back at it and go, oh, that's happened. You know, I, I've ended up here because I'm aligned with what I really want to do. So I take action based on that. Mm. By no means am I up at 5.30 every morning going for a run <laughs> and uh, reading. I'm horrific at reading. I read as fast as a potato. So I pretend, so I, not pretend, I prefer <laughs> uh, <laughs> to listen to things. So yes. I'll. I'll, I'll kind of multitask. So I'll, uh, I play, I play video games. I love my Xbox. So I'll listen to a podcast while I do that. Um, all this kind of stuff. Uh, what else do I do? Just started Krav Maga. Really enjoy that. Grown men running at you, trying to rip your balls off. Does a certain <laughs> thing. I certainly enjoy it. Man, I, what I love is your confidence and in, in what you believe in yourself and the things you say about yourself, right? That is kind of one what I've always admired about you since we've kind of connected and our worlds have started to collide together in this cataclysmic event. Is that a good word for it? Um, of being on each other's shows and then just texting back and forth is that, that area. And all of a sudden you kind of fell into where you are. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and no, like I, I did all the right things. Yeah. I ended up where I am and it's almost like not by accident, but I didn't know that I was doing them at the time. Yeah. That's the interesting thing. Like I set goals and I was literally the, the way that I've approached my life is I'm just going to move forward. Is that slightly scary? I'll go towards that and I'll see like, it's very much a case of just winging it with the best intentions. You know, I don't, have you ever done the Myers-Briggs personality test? I have. I am a INTJ. What does that mean? Which one's that? Uh, the INTJ, so I'm an introvert. Oh, you'd have to ask me because I don't do a lot of Myers. I, I, I buy into never it, remember I buy into it. And you know, let, let's look it up. We're right here right now. And this is going to be not live. Who cares, right? This is my, my show with my awesome guest. Yes. <laughs> we're going to go there because I immediately, you know, when I first started, I said, I'm going to do a script. And I was like, you know what? Mm, we'll go off of some questions because we are going to go down your journey. We are yeah, yeah. going to take that path, but this is kind of part of it, man, figuring out who you are and then yeah, really getting that way. Yeah. I'm a, Oh goodness. This is a horrible website for that. I'm going to, why are you number one on Google? All right. In depth. Yeah. I can't remember what they all say for, I just didn't really get into INT. Like I took it, but I didn't really personality. I, mean, I think it's, it's, you know, it has its flaws, but it's quite interesting when you speak to mm-hmm. someone to find out. You know? Oh, it is. It is. So, man, just facts. I just want the... the, the Tell me bones. what it is. Tell me what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, INTJ. Uh, analytical problem solvers, eager to improve systems and processes with their innovative ideas. They have a talent for seeing possibilities for improvement, whether at work, at home, or in themselves. Even when you're struggling, you do. 
and uh, complex problem solving. But the I is what really sticks out to for me. I don't know about you. Like, do you, did you take yours? Do you remember what you were? Yeah, I'm. I'm a campaigner, so I'm E something. You're E something. You're e something, something, something. So I, uh, I fling myself. I don't, I don't think of the big picture. I just fling myself towards what feels right, mm. and then you know talk about my emotions a lot and connect with people and feel generally quite good that. about things. But it's the adventure and the kind of the taking the risk where I get. I get. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and but that's everything I've followed you so. For anybody who's listening, the way Henry and I kind of found ourselves, you are the founding guy for Men Helping Men on the Facebook group. You're a I'm not. I'm a co-founder. Co-founder. All right. Mm. Um, I still, you know, it's an expansive group, but it's a you know private Facebook group. Private, closed, private, whatever. Uh, closed. Closed, right? So it's Men Helping Men, and there's just a bunch of different discussions on there. And what really kind of drew me to you and kind of following the page and getting involved in and out as you know my journey has gone on or work or whatever has been your willingness and honesty to to asking open questions that are going to evoke those different viewpoints to get them out in the open and also to share. If one of the first videos I saw was you were crying, Henry, and um, I. You know, back way back when, me, I would have been like, "Oh, what a what a what a weak person!" And now I'm just like, "Man, that's awesome." You're just, you can say, you know, it's cool. <laughs> Today sucked, whatever it was, and that's what really drew me, man. And and it's it's a when you say you're you're a you beautiful person, you're a beautiful human being, man. And that's that's what, you know, why we're here and to explain how did you get to this state, man? How did you how did you really go from being this person who's like flinging yourself and you're just like going all like I would explain, have you explained it all willy nilly towards the next step? Like, it's just like, yeah, yeah, goals, yeah that's screw it. I'm just going to, this is where my family <laughs> is taking me. Sounds like so awful because in this kind of space, there's so much concentration on goals. Set, yeah, rigid goals. I'm yeah. like, yeah, but I'm just going to do it my own way. Thanks. Yeah. Why not? Like, don't get me wrong. I do need reigning in sometimes, you oh. know, Nathan Simmons. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like Nathan. I've got all these ideas. Help yeah. me, just rein me in a little bit. Mm. Like, okay, we'll sell it down. We'll sell it out. That's it yeah. has its time and place. But generally, I find that quite restrictive, and I just like to fly free. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't like straight jackets. Just right. <laughs> yeah, man. Here in the corner, do it. Yeah, but that and so what really, I know we've talked a little bit about your story, like in, in the yeah. background, and you've like shared some things, but. You know, how do you go from being where you were at, and which we're going to really get into, to like where that free spirit, I guess, if you want to call it, who's out, just you want to make this just profound, massive impact in the, in the group of people you choose to be with, plus in your own life. And so what it really starts out, like what were the, you know, the experiences or experience, because I think with experiences, we said we could go on forever, <laughs> but yeah, we've got um, to we, rein ourselves in a little bit. We do, because we're going to go to another hour and a half, <laughs> two hour, five hour podcast. And it's, uh, <laughs> so let's rein it. But let's get into the, like, where you were and then what you stepped into, what experience just kind of like stopped you in your tracks from going forward. Like what, what, what was the thing, right? You're, uh, what, I don't know what age, 17 year old Henry, all in your living life. And then just all of a sudden you took this dark journey, I guess is what we described in the text, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, when I was born, I was three. No, I'm not going to start that early. <laughs> um, so my, my life was essentially a series of experiences and lessons. Mm. Some of which I took on board in a really unhealthy way. Some of them I took on board in an unhealthy way. But, you know, by, by 17, I had already been uh, sectioned, which is when you're taken 
out of normal society by the mental health people and placed into a ward. So I was at boarding school. I had very early emergent mental health difficulties. I have depersonalization, which not a lot of people know, but it's a, it's really common. And it's essentially an episode of when you feel like you're a complete stranger inside your head. It's wow. really distressing. It's really terrifying. And if anyone wants to describe insanity, I would say, right, have one of these episodes. That's what it is. So that happened when I was 11. No one really knew how to deal with it. And then I went off to boarding school and that just create this horrific environment where I kind of just had a mental breakdown and then I was put into hospital and I kind of went through, got heavily addicted to weed, smoked a lot of weed. By the time I was 17, I was well in the addiction by then. I started stealing, um, stealing from my parents, stealing from other people, just isolating. My self-harm was really starting up. I was very, very confused. I was very, very lost. I felt, actually, I think I was quite angry Mm. down below but i just didn't have the emotional awareness to to express that or much less say to someone hey i'm really angry about this can we do something about it mm. so 17 i was just a hot fucking mess mm. and it was not going to get any better you know we had the depersonalization the bipolar the adhd the ocd the dyslexia all this kind of big mishmash you know that was being misdiagnosed all across the board and i'm casting myself back to when I was 17. Yeah, I was hopeless. Like if someone looked at me, they would have thought he's a lost cause. Oh, wow. You know, it's when you see that without the compassion, the care and the understanding, right? You see a young man struggling and it happens in our society even today, right? With uh, young men who turn into criminals and all of a sudden, oh, you're lost. It, the label, right? Yeah, it's fucking bullshit. Immediately man, it's just, gets thrown at somebody oh, else. It, it enrages me. It's like, how fucking dare you, yeah, Mr. Person, judging this person? How fucking dare you do that to that man? You know, you know? and up until, I'll tell you, you know, until I really came into life, I was, I was that guy. I was like, oh, look at this bum on the side of the street. Instead of like, hey, maybe he has some problems. How can he be helped? Hand him a star. Exactly. Hope like, something, go, you know? like, go talk to them. Sit down. Be a yeah. human being. Give them some cigarettes. Buy them some coffee and food. <laughs> wish them good well. Tell, yeah. tell them that you love him. You know, all this kind of nice Man. stuff is, is there a human being. So I, and I encounter it a lot. Like the boys that come to me, some of them, they're like, well, I'm a lost cause. I'm just fucked up. And it's like, no, you're not. You've been told that and you've developed a belief system oh, that you are. So you're constantly looking for evidence to support it. Yep. It's amazing how easy it is when we talk about it right? When we say, look, it's just something you've taken from the outside, made it true, right? And now you're looking for everything to keep it true. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's sad. <laughs> that's happens. It, like if we drew it on the whiteboard back here, you'd be like, wow, that, that, that is mathematically simple. But mm -hmm. how complex does it get? And so you said, you know, you hopeless is what people would describe you as. Did anybody ever yeah. tell you that though? Like you're, you're, you're a lot. Did anybody ever tell you you were a lost cause? Oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so like, does, and what um, does that do? Like, tell me, I mean, really, like, what well, is the feeling? Sadness, man. Sadness is, mm. it's loss. It's, do you know what? Like, throughout all my experiences, it was the little boy inside me that wanted to love and be loved. And I was struggling. So I hid him away. But every single time someone said it was a lost cause, it went straight through every bit of armor and it went straight to this little boy and it man. fucking crushed him. 
that so my the, response to that would be like right let's double up the armor let's fucking and that anger would come through and it was you know it's really interesting when we start to look so i do a lot of inner child work and it's yeah. very much if you look at a child who is really angry really afraid scared how are they going to act but then put it within the body of an adult so the adult is acting as the child oh. that's when it becomes really dangerous man that 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 tells me a lot because there's not a lot, you know, I've, I've, I've looked at it, you know, like when I interact with my children or maybe my past experience, you know, and those things. And it's, it's, wow, that's, it's, it's a good realization when you, when you look at it, cause that's, that's ultimately what it comes down to, right? Those childhood experiences when you're under, I mean, you go up to 23, right? And you're still developing at that age. I mean, you really yeah. still are coming into it. Yeah. Even though there's young men that go into the service and the college and play sports and, you know, young young people who do that you're still learning the way of the world and the more yeah, there's people still that level of sensitivity and it there it is it's something to be nurtured and cultivate cultivating understanding around mm. so that we can recognize when something is hitting us at a deeper level yeah and how we go about it. and sometimes it's a case of going back to that child meeting them you know in the ether in a meditative space mm -hmm. communicating with them find out what their emotional needs are and how you can meet that some of the most transformational times i've seen with clients is when they go back to their child and they listen to what their child has to say to them and then oftentimes it's I just want to be, I want to be held. I want to be understood. And then, yeah. what can you do for him right now? And it's like, well, I'm going to hold him. And in that holding, in that connection, in that safety, that's when they come out of it. of like, okay, I feel for the first time secure. You know, and we actually, one, we might get interrupted by two screaming kids because it is thundering that's outside right. now. But you know what? It makes the show real. So mm. my show, my house, my office with an amazing guest who is like, let's just join more kids to the party. Um, We'll, we'll get in the mind of a child. They'll be right here. Um, yeah, I didn't expect the rainstorm today. But uh, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's funny because we, well, so we were on your show. I was, you know, we were talking about just transformation work just from an adult state, right? Just going back to the things that we've possibly experienced. And then you go back and, and you look at these childhood experiences that a lot of us have probably dealt with, even if we felt our life was perfect. That's air quotes, guys. Um, and yeah, you go back and say, I just wanted this one thing to be acknowledged, to be held, to be loved, to be whatever. Yeah. And, and, and it can come from like the most innocuous moment. Like one of my first traumas when I was a kid was, what was it? It was, it was going back and having my Easter egg stolen by my brother. <laughs> really? You know? Wow. Yeah. That's... Like it was that sense. It was that thing, that abandonment of something being taken away from me that I couldn't control. And it's that's... like, People talk about trauma, and I think Man. we spoke about this. There isn't a hierarchy of trauma. It all exists in, you know, in, in relation to each other. You know, it's, yeah. it's, no. it's all on the same level. So one person's trauma they experienced as a child is like, that's, that can well manifest. And it manifests through me. Like, I still have moments where I feel triggered into feeling really abandoned. And that's when the kid comes through. That's when the yeah. irrationality comes through. That's when the super impulsive actions come through. Mm. They're the action of a child, not the actions of an adult. Man. Well, you know, we, we've, we've discussed either on a show or not, you know, that's when you're at your most valuable though, right? That's when you as a, as a human being, as a living and breathing consciousness, right? Is when you are the most formed right you're you're play-doh right until you take the clay yeah you i mean and it's just bringing everything in 
right? It's rolling in it. Imagine like the Play-Doh and it gets on the ground and I, yeah, yeah. I have this experience and it gets the dog hair in it and all that. Those are all the events that roll in and then you leave it out and it just over time it hardens, right? Yeah. It's all it's stuck. Like damage happens and yeah. there's a lot to be said about leveling with a child and speaking them and not and I, I understand it's hard with parents when you're stressed and you know they've fallen over the third time they're crying you're like oh fucking hell just get up yeah. so, like something i do with my nephews is i practice i go back and i just ask them like hey what what happened then they said oh i fell and i'm going how does that feel and they're like oh okay does it feel like really bad no no it's all right and then suddenly they're just they're absolutely fucking fine do you know what i mean yeah i'm just crying for that inquisitiveness for someone to come oh man that you know there's a lot going on in the world right now. And I know you and I love the tangent, right? And, but we're going to, we will get on track, but believe me, um, we'll pull back on the highway. But I have to know this one. Do you have kids of your own? Do you have? Oh, right. Do I? Yeah. Do I have kids? Yes. No, I do okay. not. Okay. I want to though. I feel calling oh, to be a father. I think you would be like the most excellent father I, I mean, just the, the, the self-awareness, right. That you have and that ability to just say, Hey, it's okay. Would is like, if, if, if we all had parents like, and my parents were loving and kind and the same thing, but we all just like, I learned my parenting from them. So sometimes you're right. You know, I'm like, just oh, I'm frustrated. Okay. Got to get over it. But here, here's the thing is like a lot of people will say this, these words, and maybe you've heard this before. You're not a parent, right? What do you know? But sometimes it takes those people who aren't to be Slightly objective. Kind of mm. gatekeeping and experience. Yeah. You don't know tiredness. And I'm like, no, I'm sure I don't know what like the tiredness of what it's like to be a parent. I said to Joe, like, we both, like Joe's my partner, I said, right, yeah. we, we can have kids. I, I really want to have kids. Um, let's write each other a letter about how we really feel about each other, why we're having kids, so that when we are tired and pulling our hair out, all we have to do is read that letter and be like, <laughs> Ah, okay, right. No, you're on the same page as me. Oh, I love that idea. Like, I was, I didn't want to have kids for a long time. I didn't want to have kids, and then something happened, and I just thought, I'm just making it all about me. I'm not Mm. thinking about the child. So then I thought about child. It's like, do I believe that the child deserves to have a father like me, or what would like to have a father like me? And I thought, yes. So that's the decision made. It's not about me. It's about the child. Oh, absolutely. So let's go back into that, right? So to be a father like you. So how about that 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 seventeen year old as you're growing and you know we talked about having an addiction, right? Stealing mm-hmm. and being isolated, being and and being told you're being you're helpless and you're you know being hopeless. And how long did that last? So what were you? I mean, what were you going through? So how long oh did God, that actual? You know, because we said the 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 mental health stuff you recognize at eleven, right? Well, um, yeah, it was, it got misdiagnosed as schizophrenia okay. and they didn't really like this. This is something else that's interesting with it with kind of adolescence is the psychiatrist told my parents something which they, they didn't tell me. And I could have really done with that information of like, Henry should never touch drugs. Henry has a severe uh, chemical deficiency in this. He will get triggered by this, 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 this. I mm. could have, it might not have yeah. changed my trajectory, but later on in life, I could have put the pieces in yeah. myself. Like, if you go to a psychiatrist now with my rap sheet of mental health diagnoses, yeah. they will tell you that I'm a dangerous, unstable, mm. debilitating man. Now look at me. Am I dangerous? Am I, am I unstable? Am I mentally debilitated? No. That's nope. been part of the journey to own myself and learn about myself and sort of have the courage to stand up to a label and say, actually, no. 
you know, and sometimes that's what I feel is missing in the mental health space on the, on, on, on the other side, right? Is that, okay, we're going to go through the whole, uh, I just was talking about this the other day, the DSM, right? And we're going to just say, all right, you, you have anxiety or you have depression or you have bipolar, you know, bipolarism, whatever that is, you know, uh, you're klepto, you're all these things, you know, that because of all these, whatever we've had, and you might exhibit those traits, right? But again, it's all coming back to owning that, okay, this is part right? Part of my, my journey, but I can step through them. I can own the fact that yeah. these things have happened. And, and people might, cause there's, there's a lot of talk about owning stuff and people are like, yeah, but what does that actually mean? Okay, hmm. so I tell, tell it like I it is. Man. Bipolar affective disorder is essentially bipolar. So I can go up to someone and say, I have bipolar affective disorder. It may well affect me like this, but by and large, I choose to act like mm. this. That's taking responsibility for what happens. Now, it has another edge to it. We have a responsibility to look after ourselves and not to expect people will know how to do it. So if I can feel it's really mad, like my dog can spot an episode coming on Ooh. like within 45 minutes and he'll just sit by me. I've been on the toilet and he's just been eyeballing me. <laughs> What's up, dude? Like, can you leave me alone? He's just looking at me really concerned in the way that I'm hungry. Do. You want to go outside? What? <laughs> yeah. Are you okay? <laughs> and, um, but he knows. So I know then that I have a responsibility to my clients mm. that I have to cancel appointments. They understand yeah. that responsibility to my partner and to my friends to say to them i'm having an episode i'm letting you know they know that you know they can't necessarily do anything about it but i'm yeah. taking responsibility for looking after my support network and that places us in a point of security that's Man. how the responsibility works they don't allow ourselves to become a victim now it's it's pretty common in mental health that people are actually encouraged to be victims with it. They're like, you have depression, so you yeah. are depression. It's like, no, I experience yeah. symptoms of depression. I experience depressive episodes. And but like, and I'm stu I'll do this really quickly because the mental health awareness things at a really interesting point. There's a lot mm. of awareness going on, but there's almost like, and compassion is great, but we're we're edging from compassion into sentimentality. And what I mean by that is that someone acts a certain way while they're in a mental health episode, okay? And they're, they're nasty or they're, they neglect the other person emotionally or whatever. So it's something that happens to someone else. They have a responsibility to own that afterwards and make amends for it. We cannot let people yeah. be into the state where, sorry, I, I had depression and you know I, I have no mm. control. Like we, we can't rob people of their own governance because we're taking away their power. Like, yeah, yeah they have mental illness. Yes, they have periods of mania, which they might not be aware. Mm. But when they're balanced and recovered, allow them to take responsibility for their actions. Otherwise, we are literally taking away their voice. You're, I mean, you are 100% correct in that because because if we get the label and we just take it and we wear it as a coat, right? Well, yeah. just, I'm I'm the guy with the coat and here here I am. And, you know, instead of having the ownership, which then, right, we said it exhibits the power that you have over the thing that you were told you were instead of the person who's like, well, I can just unzip the coat and hang it back in the closet. And yeah. I'm sorry that I look ridiculous, right? Um, and you said a big keyword, and I have struggled with this myself, is going back and saying, look, I have these episodes of anxiety. I know I've been being a dick or whatever else, but having to say that, right? Yeah. Like, and, and I still, you can talk to the wife, right? You know, well, she's at work, but, you know, and, and she'll tell you those things. And I'm not afraid to say it because that's part of the ownership journey. 
Yeah, yeah, like I can be a real dick. Do you know that? Yeah. I can be in an unwell space and just want to spoil for a fight. Anger and frustrate. Yeah. And you just want yeah, to go out and, and smash something. It's up to me afterwards to go, do you know what, Joe? I was at, I was at fault here. You know, yeah. I was going into this. Yeah. I was asking you things specifically to get a rise out of you. And that's not okay. Yeah. That's, and that makes one just normal relationships don't have those, right? Normal. When I'm talking, people don't suffer from these things, or at least they don't know, right? And maybe they do because that's happening. Um, it's like with, with any argument, somebody always tell yeah. you know, my older clients when they're speaking, it's like, it's really easy to get into an, an argument and take the ownership and put it onto the other person. So it's it like, is. yeah, you Your did fault. this, yeah. you did this. You when made you me angry. This, yeah. You did this. But it's like, stop it. Say, uh, I feel hurt. Yeah. When this happened, not when you did this, like when this happened, I felt this, 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 this. And there is you just so much in the take framing, right? Onto you and it's scary and it's weird. And you feel like, you know, we're going to take on board all the, all the wrongs of the world. But if you don't do it, you run the risk of just becoming an emotional punch back. It, it is. And there is so, and I thought it was when I, when I started doing more work on me and, and, and listening to other people, you know, such as, Later came along in life, you know, you started coming up because I joined a group because I was like, oh, this would be cool. Talk about men, you know, men, men and all the other things. But, you know, years ago is all of a sudden it, I was always listening to that, the, the I statement, right? And it's just in those simple freeze, you know, uh, this is something that, you know, uh, I, I feel this way, right? That this yeah. happened, not that you are making it happen, yeah. right? And so in the ownership, is, it's that easy, right? And um it's again, it's, an, it's, it's, it's all in the way that you say it. And when I, when, and tell, tell me that, tell me this, if you can relate to this, when I finally felt into something I could go talk to every couple of weeks, that's the exact statements that she would say. Mm. Right. And all of a sudden she'd be like, Hey, you're not this. Right. And I'm like, well, no, I'm diagnosed this or whatever it may be. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're just like, wow, that's, um, it's kind of scary. As well. It is. Yeah. It is. Like, but if I don't have this safety net, mm. I'm going to have to enter this space of light responsibility. Yeah. When we become accustomed to living a certain way, it's not, it's, it's counterintuitive. We're, we're comfort seeking creatures. We Very much are we? go somewhere where it's safe and warm and, and cuddly, like going the opposite direction sort of feels like that moment. Like it's, it's virgin on uh, sadomasochism. It's like, why the fuck yeah. would I want to do that to myself? Yeah. So we resist it. But beyond mm. that, like the, the pain is, it's there's there's a saying that i use and i've got to get this right like the resistance that we feel towards it is no i can't get it right <laughs> but the, the, the try point, your best the the point of it is is that we resist it and we spend so much energy resisting it where actually if we don't resist it and we move forward all that yeah. resistance energy just carries through but towards moving us forward like there's a a Zen Buddhist guy called Alan Watts, who's amazing. And he, his, his philosophy, one of his philosophies of self-improvement was the water course way, which is the water, when it moves forward, takes the path of least resistance. It does. What are you resisting? Yep. Where you're, you know, and people kind of hit that light. I don't want to take responsibility because it's a bit difficult. You're, you're blocking the water. So just yep. let it flow. Yeah. But it's so hard, right? It's so hard when, when we're trying to get our life to flow. Right. And we want to, we want to step into our, I love the term step into our greatness. It's like one of those things like just the, 
I imagine myself walking through a two double doors with light, ah, right? But it's so hard to get through the threshold. It's so hard to kick down the door and say, you know what? Because the door is in the way. And when I, when I look at other people's struggle, myself, and other people I've talked to, what is the thing that, right? What is, what is that thing mentally inside? Because would you say anything that you've experienced has been a physical restraint? Number one. What's up? Would you say anything you've experienced has been a physical restraint, the resistance? An actual no, no, no not, not at all. Okay. And it's funny when you know stepping into greatness. Yeah, like I always say to people, like the greatness is already inside you. Mm, letting it come outside. out would be a, yeah. There we it's go. It's that you're, you know, when I went through it, I held it in. I because yeah. it was scary to me because I, I didn't know how to understand success. I didn't know what it would be. My need to control it over overrode like yeah. any kind of freedom that I thought that I feel from it. So when we step into our greatness, we're kind of just letting it out. Yeah, you know, it's already that. It's just so we'll just reverse out. the side of the door you're on. You're in the building trying to get the hell out. Yeah. <laughs> Put it that Flip way. The switch, and then people yeah. are like, "I can feel it." I'm like, "Okay, mm. yeah, of course." Well, you what can. are those? What are those real barriers, though? I mean, to, to you, is the the guy who you know we haven't even stepped all the way into it, but when what was it really that said, "Okay, you're here at this point"? I love how I point to stuff and it's all audio recorded, but uh, I do that at the drive-through, right? I'm like, I'll have a number three and I point, ah, you can't see me. Um, and I'll do it even on the computer when I'm chatting. But, you know, when you look at it, when you look at it, what, like, and you go back and you systematically go back now, cause you said you still go back and take a look at these things. Like, what was the, what was the, the actual barrier? Like, what was the resistance? I mean, what was it really? To get you from point A to point B, what was the the hurdle in between? I mean, what it was, was there was a defining moment. What was that again? The only moment that I've ever had, which defined how I was going to move forward. But the resistance was was knowing that there was something special about me, <sighs> knowing that I was on this earth for a reason. I didn't know what it was, but you know, a great friend just said, you know, nothing happens in nature by accident true story we are created to fit a certain space and we're we are designed specifically to fit this space you know when yes. i say i'm special i'm not elevating myself above no. everyone else we're all really fucking special we Absolutely. all have an incredible power inside of us but that i'm becomes no really... different you know there's nothing special about me but what what happened for me is that you know i i went through addiction i i uh, i got clean i went to rehab you know i amazing some hideous yeah. self-harm like i remember speaking to you like oh go down self-harm journey because it's really dark but yeah you know it was uh it got to the point where i was suffering from psychosis mm. from cocaine you know i was on yeah. my own i was on my own for about three years and that does something to a person's brain and i was deeply jealous about my ex-partner i remember i just used to buy cocaine sit in my room and just write scrawling crazy messages about all the sexual exploits that she was having with other men. So I was literally locking myself in with my worst possible nightmare and living it over and over and over and over and over again, all the while with this crazy fucking psychosis of seeing things, hearing things, hallucinations. I used to think there was a giant metal ball that uh, would haunt my tree and I could hear it rolling down the street. So you imagine all this, I was talking to trees, I was just, oh my God, it was just, and then at the end of the night, I would just make a knife, yeah, heat it up and stab myself, do wow. you know what I mean? Or, or carve 
chunks out of my leg and it, it all just kept on getting worse and worse and worse and worse will have you know i i severed the uh the muscle in my um right arm by just carving it with a carving knife right in front of my mum you know that was the level of of madness i've got a really fucked up nerve system in my in my right arm now um and then it kind of culminated when I sat down and the, it's just so, so dark. I got a soldering iron. I was playing with this, oh, maybe I'll get a tattoo. So I got the soldering iron and I just pushed it through, like all the skin, all the mm. fat, right underneath mm. and just gave myself this, this fourth, fifth degree burn all yeah. the way. Like that was the level. That was where I was at to try and just, that is... I was locked inside this, this prison. Yeah. That was all I could do. Like I couldn't go outside because... I, I was so intimidated by people who seemed to be living a normal life. So I used to give myself paper cuts between my toes and fill my shoes with salt and lemon water, you know, and it was, I mean, I've gone off a tangent here, but I did really want no, to share that. No, as, no, no, it's needed because it just, this tells you the level that people can get to, right? This I mean, was, <laughs> yeah, this was me trying to be the man that I wanted to be, but feeling so incredibly ashamed and guilty about what I'd done and just deep in the shame that actually I've always identified pretty strongly with the protector man, with the righteous man, with the honorable man. Mm. I really wanted to be that guy, but because of the manifestations of addiction, the mental health, all the, all the shit that I was doing that I wasn't taking responsibility for just pushed me into this shame and darkness. And I began to identify with a really unhealthy warrior in terms of someone who, who stands on a hill and gets battered by arrows but still stand so yeah. in, a really, in a really strange way my resilience coming out of that like that's that's resilience yeah like, it is it, it is takes a lot of fucking resilience to heat up a knife and stab yourself over it and does. over and over again like it's not great i don't recommend everyone go there and do that but that was my story so coming out of that i really had to face all of that shame all of that guilt, all those demons that I had created. And I say demons, you know, I, I have some beliefs around the shit. I won't go necessarily there right now. But I had created some very real darkness inside me. And it was yeah. all held in this belief of this wounded, steadfast warrior. So coming out of that into rehab, I had to challenge that. And that was terrifying because that was my safe place. That was my identity as a man. So going through this, doing deep therapy, getting into group, doing group works, just exposing all the shit with people just relentlessly. That's what I did in hindsight. I know that that led me to my defining moment because <laughs> I just would not fucking give up any bit of darkness. I just delved in there and brought it out into the light. And I had to identify with the man that I wanted to be. Yeah. Which was, and I had to face that I wasn't that man. And then in hindsight, I realized that that journey going through I gradually began to get to know myself and get in touch with the little boy. And it was the little boy who holds, you know, you know, when I came on the show and I said that I'm committed, that I'm loving, yeah. a beautiful man. Yeah. All those are the qualities I had when I was a kid, man. So I've come full circle. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I've joined in that little boy and I am that little boy. We yeah. are joined. And like, so that was like the darkest point that I, I went to through self-annihilation. It was fucking grim. I would not wish loneliness on my, if I had enemies, which I don't, yeah. I certainly wouldn't wish it on, on my worst enemy. But my defining moment, Carl, was, so I'm just keeping an eye on time for you. Yeah. Um, it was, so I have this problem with abandonment 
So Joe, I was, I was just seeing Joe for a couple of weeks. I went away, she went away to India for three months and I went away to do my metal work for, you know, those three months and I was on my own and, and it all started to come up again. You know, oh. the abandonment, the mistrust, the loneliness, all these kind of, these old narratives that were obviously, I hadn't done enough work on them because yeah. they were still running. And with, without um, a continued sort of developmental practice they were coming up and they were taking over and i remember this very clearly i was just locking up you know the hedge trimmer and i just fucking started crying and i broke i literally just broke down and it was like i could feel the pain in my chest and i just i was writhing on the floor and i was tearing off my clothes and i was screaming no one can hear me it was in the countryside just away from fucking everybody and i literally it was like my heart broke spiritually physically just broke and i don't even remember anything in the days after that because it was just there was just emptiness and it's just and i describe it as the first ever trauma was what i was it was like my first ever trauma whatever that was i still yeah. don't know exactly what that is had risen up psychologically presented itself and cognitively i tried to wrestle with it i couldn't possibly so it just removed all sense of self from me so i was just like this blank thing just walking around and i remember i found a i've been listening to the same meditation guy david g from the deepak chopra uh, center an amazing guy and i just listened to his meditations and because that's because i could have i could have picked up a knife i could have picked up a drink i could have picked up a drug but i didn't i took responsibility that if i'm if i'm here yeah i can go back but i'm not gonna go back i had this little <laughs> light inside me that was just yeah. flickering and i just now I know, looking back on it, that I did everything I could to just keep hold of that light. And I, I continued doing all these meditations and I kind of brought myself back to self. And I had this, I had a vision, I had an experience. And it was, I was deep in meditation. Now, when I talk of demons, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a balanced guy. You know, when I say that I believe a demon manifested itself in my room while I was meditating, it's like, that's what it felt like. I remember going to uh, deep in meditations, closed my eyes and I became very aware that there was an entity, that there was a thing right next to my face. I could only sense big teeth that wanted to tear my face off. Man. I could almost feel hot breath. And it was like, I was like I, if I open my eyes now with all the fear and the terror that I yeah. was experiencing, you know, to open my eyes and make it not real, then whatever I'm on the path to will be lost. So I didn't, I just kept my eyes closed and I carried the meditation and I went through and it just, it just this, this white space in my mind's eye just opened up and I was in this white space, completely white. And I was, was so mad. Like I was wearing a <laughs> loincloth. Yeah. yeah. And I had a woodcutter's ax in my hand and it was just this completely white space. And just off in the distance, there was a, some kind of army and there was, uh, there was trees there and there was darkness and it was all this. And I was, became very aware that this was the first trauma playing out inside my, you know, my subconscious, my yeah. subconscious. And I just shouted them down. I was like, I'm not afraid of you. Mm, you cannot man. control me. You will not control me. And coming out of that, that was the defining moment. Every experience that I'd had in my entire life had led me to be well prepared for that point. Man. It's almost like that point was going to happen. And I had to, you know, my special place on this earth was defined by having to go through all of that shit so I could stand up to that, that, that army that only wanted to destroy me. You know, them down. 
that <laughs> okay number one that was deep a lot there, as I? can be and i wanted to interject but i love yeah, the no, journey no. man i know i love the journey like the journey because it tells you so much it tells you so much of like you know some people are like i'm just gonna go to the gym every day and like if i push through and one more rep one more rep yet yeah, reps are good for your practice but like how much you just hold within you and then all of a sudden you had said you know you were out in the woodshed is what you said and you had hedge trimmers or yeah. Right. Red well, it's just something like quite thing. idle, you know. Wasn't yeah. It? And all of a sudden that, 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 what I heard was that past Henry was just like, I'm here. I want to play. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm and yeah, it comes, dude, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to wear your skin. And run around. No one's protection you know. now. Exactly. Everybody <laughs> sees Henry who's, you know, now an Autobot. That's our thing. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's happening man and um that means you're a transformer you're transforming for those of you who don't know becoming an autobot is amazing and you know wear wear the skin right and just rip out everything that's inside of you that you've the identity that you you know that old addict uh you know harmed little you know teen that's gone through all those things and and it comes and it it, it comes back and you said something that i man i I identify with so much is the continued practice of something you have to do, right? Is that you stop, you, we, you stop. And we mentioned this on me on your show and all of a sudden it just flipped and wow, somebody said it again. It's, it's like, just how, how fucking great do you think you are that you can stop something that, yeah. that serves a purpose? Like, are you like, it's not, <laughs> it's not a good idea. Believe yeah. me, do it because we take responsibility for our circumstance and we, and we know what lays beyond and do we want to go there? Yeah. No. So we take responsibility for it. And that's the thing is like you, we, we all, we all know, right. But we've said, well, all of a sudden we go back and we're like, well, we're great now. We're okay. I'm, 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 I can I'm have good. another drink. Yeah. It's I can't. It won't affect me. It's good. And then, cause you know that you, to me, you never kill the past. identity. You, you're, it's lingering around. It's not a body oh, yeah. double or anything. It's just, Absolutely. it's, it's been dealt with in, like you said, you come to this point where, you know, you saw the white light and you're in your loincloth ready to fight things down. Right. And I love, it sounds so ridiculous, doesn't it? But I know that's I've, how it was. I had, I've, <laughs> I've, I've had one of those where all of a sudden like an emotional release, I'm in a meditation and boom, I'm like, wow, all this bullshit I was carrying with me just shredded down. I didn't, I couldn't even describe like what the scene had looked like. So it wasn't even a scene. It was just like a, a Nova in space anyway. Um, but, but those, those moments, like you have, you have to, cause it never goes away. You're still you and all those experiences, but what we, we, we say, and it's so cliche, they don't define you and you're right. Right. You're, you're, you're right. But you still have to, to stay in it because they want to battle you. They want to, ba- I, it's, it, loincloth on the, on the beach and the spear. No, it's, a, it's a to and fro. And I think as human beings, our state of evolution now we need some kind of antagonist there is except like i do my masculine identity is very much geared towards fighting the good fight if i wasn't having you know the the push and pull inside me which you know to be fair is far less now Mm -hmm. far more secure and rooted but they're still there i still have to do my continued daily practice to make sure that they stay there that's how i fight the good fight you just, you, you weaken them, you know, and you stay on top, but you're right. It's the same thing. You have to, it's, it's so then easy. You can practice compassion yeah. for them. That's yes. The yes. And that man, that takes, um, Hmm. I don't even think I'm all the way there yet. <laughs> it's always the yeah. easiest thing to do. No, like I, you know, 
I, ca- I care about that guy who is who is that guy, right? That is. It's hard I, to care for the monster inside you. It is. But, like I believe underneath that monster, there is a need for love. There is always. It's that's the like, world. It, it's right? how it is. Is there any surprise that we're obsessed with love and it permeates every single part of our culture? There, like, well, there is a, there is a oneness in there. That that is what the so I was at a keynote the other night, and you have to forgive me for a second because my notes are on a phone instead of written down. Look at me being a little techie, <laughs> and and so the the guy at the keynote was the uh, well at the at the same time he was the reigning before he came he was the reigning uh, heavyweight champion of the UFC. His name's uh, Daniel Cormier. And he had just gotten beat in the ring in the fourth round. He owned the ring. I mean, octagon, excuse me for somebody's going to be like, it's not a ring, Kyle. Um, cool. Oh, whatever. He fought in, a, in, in an octagon circle. And the one thing that he said, love propels you to do a great number of things. So what he let off with, and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> that is man. Because yeah. that's what we, that is like the, the fuel, right? Everybody's like, oh, I feel the fills the fires, this, this, and that. And I'm like, you just want to be loved. Everything else is like an expendable fuel source. It, it will run out and we'll end up somewhere where we're kind of like stuck in a rut. It will. Love is anyone who's practices gratitude. Yeah. You know, love right there. You can feel it. It's instantaneous. Mm. I, love, I, I, I love when people are like, oh, I'm grateful for this. And one guy in a video not too long ago, he said, say, I love three things I love, not I'm grateful for, I love. And I'm like, ooh. And I did it. And I was like, well, that feels good. It feels yeah, so that's amazing. Why, that's why I tell people yeah. that I love them. You know, I was speaking to a guy today. I only met him yeah. for 40 minutes. I was yeah. like, hey, Jeff. He was like, what? I was like, I love you. He's like, yeah. Like, man and- on man love. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, but I, I look at this, you know, I'm say, I, I'll give you something similar. Like my, my dad and I didn't have the best relationship for a whole long time. And then he was going through some very um, trying things. And I was like, dad, I love you. Just, I want you to know. I love you. And it changed the whole dynamic is our relationship the best no it's not but i was like dad i love you like i do it doesn't matter that's what we need and we're here for and also ourselves right that that self love okay not that self love you dirty creeps <laughs> <I'm> kidding <laughs> but so <laughs> <laughs> the marine corps mind man uh-huh. it's be like oh it's total shooting man um <laughs> no but that right that you look at that like i you know you can when you go back and not even the past things you said, even going back and, and, and looking at those and loving, but even your present like where you're at now and saying, man, I love this, that self love that you, you have that all the burdens you carried and all the shit you've gone through, how much it can just keep you moving forward. Like, okay. You know, and no matter what you've been through. And like I said, I started this because I, I believe, you know, people need one, a mantra to go behind. And I think if you can just say, I can stay in the fight, I can stay in it, you know, no matter how much harm I do to myself, no matter how bad I think of myself or what other people think of me, I can have that defining moment. I can have that, or I can be in it right now. Because if we understand that, because deep down, I think if we all think about it personally, if we all think about it, we know we have that itchy feeling, even if you don't know what it's, you're supposed to be doing. And you, even if you're running down the road with your arms in the air towards something and you start changing directions, we have that person we're supposed to be. We're meant to be, if that's what, you know, you and I, I think we both believe in that you're put here for a reason. Mm-hmm. And if you lose sight of that, you know, it's hard. It's really difficult. A lot of, there's a, 
there's, there's a message I don't, I don't know whether it's heard as much as it needs to be, but as, as we enter into a more self-development focused world, there's a mm-hmm. lot of messages saying, you know, um, move past your comfort zone, you know, push yeah. yourself. Oh, well, those are my favorite. <laughs> but uh, what people admit is, yeah, but it's also okay not to be okay. Bingo. You know, it's actually perfectly fine to stay in your comfort zone and just chill out for a bit. Like that's why it's there. <laughs> Continually push yourself verges on. It's kind of like self-harm. It's a bit disrespectful. It, it, you know, <laughs> move forward when you feel you're ready to. If you don't, dude, it's absolutely fine. You know, just don't listen to the bullshit. Like, but, stay where you are. Chill out. It's like, cool. I get, I get, we, we're going to, we're going to go back into the 12, the, the, the 12 weeks to change your life thing. And you're going to go, I, this is like deja vu, but it's not because it happened uh, in a conversation, but you're right. It's okay. to Some of the most self-aware things that you have for yourself happen in that it's okay to sit where I'm at. Because yeah. if you move forward, all of a sudden you're, you're outside of the, you've moved past it and you think you've grown past it, but it can, it's sometimes it's just depression. Like, oh, and then all of a sudden, like, as the, the first failure happens and you're, you went one step forward, now you're five steps back. And people are like, oh, you just try again. You yeah, learn your like lesson. Allow yeah. yourself the self-love to just sit where you are. If there are things that, you know, it's like, say you're stepping out of your comfort zone and there's something yeah. that really, really fucking hurts and, like, you're, you're genuinely terrified of doing. Mm. Like, spend time with that and yeah. find out what works for you. Like that is for me, that's one of the most powerful questions. It's like, what works for you? It's like, well, I do want to do this. It's like, that's great. But what do you want to do right now? It's like, well, I yeah. just kind of want to just know a bit more about it. It's like, well, let's do that. You know? Yeah. You don't need to. It's, we pose a great risk to ourselves when we don't allow ourselves to process yeah. what we're feeling. So if we jump on, we can just take on way more damage. You know, I'm all for fearlessness, but yeah. I'm all for diligent fearlessness as well. Don't, don't get cocky is what I'm saying that's i think i think when you're right when that that as a self-help you know in the self-development world has kind of like it's all taken a hold it's it's not going away right we're becoming more aware but you've got not even two sides of the coin oh my god there's probably like it's a like a 39 sided die right <laughs> but those are the things like the uh, we talked about this last time the massive action take the next step and you don't have enough time to process what just happened and so when it comes back again this is what i heard is when it comes back again you got to reinvestigate but all of a sudden you're like well i stepped through this why am i back in it again and then oh i almost feel like just you're like it it makes a doubt and then amplifies it because you're like well i yeah. blew through this barrier and, and then now you get like the shame and the guilt and then mm, it's the comparison yeah. of like they did this yeah. why can't i why am yeah. i always stuck back in the same like, place why does it's it like, come back just chill it's all right you're back right. here for a reason all emotions are a signpost to what you can do to meet your needs that's the most important thing meet your needs make a choice you know yeah. whichever choice you make is your yeah. choice no one out there can tell you that the choice you're making is the wrong choice yep. fuck what them yeah fuck what they're saying yeah. this is all about you and if you are like going into and i'm speaking to the audience here you know if you are going into a self-development space it's already happening yeah. You know, the, the action will come, the goals will come. Don't devalue your choice to follow this path by things not happening fast enough. You know, it is it's the same thing with like stepping into your greatness. The greatness is already there. Mm. You're already on the journey to find it. Like cut yourself some slack. Yeah. It's gonna be all right. You've got this. You've you've got the uh, as as the um good doctor i go and talk to she's like you got the email in the inbox man you know who you're supposed yeah, to be yeah. literally I mean, i'll go find the note on that one because i was like oh that's good i gotta use that the email is in the inbox you know and you just gotta open it right it's already there like this is the universe god whatever you believe in you know has this is who you 
to be. And if you need to sit in these moments, but you're so right. You know, so many people are like, you got to move forward, you know, and, and I get it. You know, you want to be able to tell me what to do, you know? <laughs> and then, because the misconception is, is that you're not trying to do anything. And I yeah. think more discovering that space that, you know, where you're at now and understanding it, you're doing most of the work because you, you have more understanding of yourself and the world around you than if you just blow past it. It's like, how can you read a road sign if you're going past it at 180 miles an hour? How? You can't, you know, it's, it's like, like um, yeah. when I started going into relationships, I was like, I want to be in a relationship. I want to be in a relationship. Yeah. But what I did was I stepped back and actually what was underneath that was this fear that I wasn't going to be enough when I was. And I just desperately wanted to just cover up that fear and, and springboard yeah. right into relationship and glad that I took the time just to come back and go I feel kind of anxious about this you know going into a relationship I want to feel like I'm looking forward to it but I'm not I feel really anxious and I felt that abandonment coming up again this kind of a uh, really critical voice about how I looked there was a lot of unhealthy shit going on there <laughs> so what I did was just I sat in those and I worked on them I worked on them with a therapist and with my friends you know whatever it took just to externalize it that's the yeah. definition of what we're talking about you know, is just take your time over something. When it's right, you'll know that moving past your comfort zone doesn't pose a risk to you. Mm. That's the moment of action. That's it. You know, if it most, poses a risk to you, it's just going to come back and bite you in the ass. You know, so we talk about like the goal and the plan setting, but that's the real planning right there. Mo all <laughs> battles are won by master tacticians, right? And I'm not talking like the tactical, like these things, but strategic planning, getting to know like your enemy inside and out, right? And the way that you can stay in it is by having that advantage and by sitting yeah. in there and studying that for however long, because we, we said this on the show that I was on, transformation, it can be two hours or 200 years. But if that's what it takes for you to sit in there, here come the little ones. Um, if that's what it takes for you to sit in it, then you know, you're studying the, the battlefield, I guess. This is how yeah. you stay in and it because you, you know. are the battlefield. We are like all the risks. Hello, oh, hello, little child. <laughs> He's got a Thanos glove shirt that his mama made. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. I'll, I'll show you after we're done. All right. <laughs> hello. Can you say hi? Oh, this is perfect. This is like raw. Hello, real. I'm a British person. They can't hear you because they got the headphones. Oh. All right. Hey, can you guys go get your snacks downstairs? This is a great interruption for a show. I love it. But it's <laughs> great. My kids are amazing. They are. All right. Okay. They usually know to be quiet when the when the thing's on. But yeah, man, like I definitely <laughs> have, you know, um I definitely, you know, have gotten used to uh to having to study now for me, you know, study that self, study that uh that thing that you're going through and <laughs> here they go. It's going crazy day and to having to study myself and, and to actually plan and prepare, you know, everybody's like, let me just write down these goals. Let me write down these ambitions and things that I have instead of looking at where you're at in the moment. Right. It's like forward, 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 forward. And the planning like the, could just be the, the that biggest study. risk in any of that is yourself. Like nothing else poses a risk to you, but your own approach to it does. That's the one thing that's going to kick you in the ass. So it's the master tactician. Master yourself. Know how you are going to react in any situation. Then you're going to be okay. Because if nothing's a risk to you, it's not going to fucking pose a risk when you go out there. Kyle is uh, speaking to his children right now. I am. I had to mute the mic because they were asking for snacks really loudly. And he's in the background. But it's true. Like That's where you come into the... Uh, 
I love it. That's like the most raw moment. Like people are like, I'm going to keep it absolutely quiet. And I'm like, why not? This is my, this is my life. This is my family. Yeah, man. Absolutely. You know, they come in and they want to interrupt by all means. They are, I hashtag posts family first, you know, and people are like, Oh, you can't, I got to grind 24 hours. You know, I'll, I'll get with my family two years later. I'm like, and I, I got to love them now. That sounds exhausting. I have to love them now. <laughs> Cause then they're going to be like, well, daddy wasn't around for two years. But you're right. It's, there's so much in that. And I can't, I can't fathom, right. That, that those things in which when people just want to blow, blow the doors off when people want to blow the doors off, you know, I, I, I think this is more pushing stuff down than it is really working on it. And I can't, that it, sounds. It creates unbalance, you know, and, and mm. we can spot an unbalanced person a yeah. mile off by the energy that create that they create. Like I, the people I find charismatic, like yourself, Carl, are people who have gone are doing the inner work, who hold that energy space around them, you know, and you've never presented to me as perfect. You know, no. we are flawed individuals and we own that and we're aware of that. And that's what makes it so fucking beautiful to spend time with you. It's like, <laughs> Because I can say, hey, I'm screwed up too, man. And you know, that, he gets me. It's all good. You know, and that, I think that's what draws people to other people is when you can spot that person who can say, no, I am not perfect, right? And for a while, I, I used to look at and idolize like all the perfect speakers and talkers and people who are just like, look at my life. I'm amazing. And instead of saying, wow, I but are you? You know, can you admit, can, right now, can you say, yeah, I lost a million dollars because I'm a bonehead? Or you're like, mm. <laughs> you know. You know, my first um, speaking gig, I was so nervous. And I got up and like, I, I have this like, when I get nervous, I shake because like the adrenaline. <laughs> I was shaking. I got up and I was like, fuck it. Like, so, yeah. you know what? like I'm really nervous. There's, there's hundreds of you, you know. Like, yeah. I'm shaking. Do you see that? Do you see that shake? Whoa. I said, we don't want to like, and I wasn't really thinking. I said, just don't want to give me a hug. So they came up and gave me a hug. And like, I was talking about vulnerability and I said that there, that's physical vulnerability. Mm. You know, I'm opening myself to you because you are not a risk to me and I'm not posing a risk to you. And that just anchored me yeah. in my message. God, but like, who, like, I'm the only one who's expecting me to be perfect. Yep. You know, that's where the pressure's coming from. Let go of that pressure. And then all the goodness starts to just flow out. But the, the expectation in the world from like everybody else, like everybody expects everybody to be this like closed oh off and like, oh my goodness. Yes. You know? And then the other person's like, what are they going to expect me to do? Right. The guy in the audience, they, <laughs> do they want me to get involved? I mean, do you want me? And then you go, can I have a hug? And they're like, uh, but when it happens, when everybody's like shield, you know, shields down. Right. And you're like, wow, that it'd be, that it'd be really awkward if no one gave me a hug, but I think it, I'm quite an approachable person. Like, do I do give say you are. exceptionally good hugs. Like, oh my God. The endorphin release. Oh, oh, it feels, yeah. Those, <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, I'll, I think, like, like, I have my good friends, and, you know, everybody goes for the bro hug, and I'm just like, no, you're getting a real one. Come on. Let's, yeah, let's come do on. it. Let's Bring do it. it. Let's do come it. Out, you know, bro. or have you ever had the awkward one where you're doing the one hand, you know, bro grab or whatever, and like somebody else is like, do we, you know, <laughs> but the, I mean, bring them in. Just there, bring them in. There, there's I'm amazing like, things that happen in that. You know, so many people they are will so. tap out if they're uncomfortable. You they, know, it's that tap on the back. It's like, yeah. Yeah, cool. The, cool. but so many people aren't ready to step into that yet, and you know, there's so much you know people are hiding that keep them out from that, from being them and taking on the battle, right, and going into that. And that's why I love this whole mantra: like to stay in a fight. And you've defined, holy shit, have you defined that? How you stay in it and keep going because it's not stopping, right? You have to stay in it day in and day out, day in and day out, day in and day out, right? Yeah, you have to do the like, work. 
it's awareness, responsibility, mm. and just baby steps. You know? And other people like you're analytical. I'm not analytical. Other people yeah. are going to approach it essentially like very differently. But what yep. we're saying at the, the, the root of it is know yourself. Yeah. And don't be, don't be afraid to not know yourself. Mm. And do not, under any fucking circumstance, let someone else tell you who you are. Because they yes. don't know. And they will yes. never know. And when it's right, you can show them who you are. In fact, you can show them today. Yeah. Like, no, I disagree with you. That's not right. That, you know, somebody had said something earlier today. I actually watched this. So this is great. And when somebody's like, when is it time to share your story? When you're wearing the right armor to where, you know, if you're not ready for people to say something. And I'm like, you know what? Why can't you just open up about your story? You don't have to tell it to the public, but to yourself. You know, that's like, yeah. do you have to wear the armor then? Or can you just admit, can you just admit, oh, hey, I'm a little, I'm a little feeling a little screwed up right now. I'm not in the right spot. You know what? Why? Right. And that man, like somebody's like, you have it's to wear those, the-, the posts that you see, you know, yeah. like we're both on LinkedIn. I've, yes, I've made are. the move from Facebook to LinkedIn recently. Massive move. I love it different worlds so much better jesus but it's <laughs> the people who share their story yeah from a self-knowledge place mm. like they're the ones that i'm grabbing onto the people who now this is kind of a, a a difficult thing to tread on but if you're sharing so the, there's there's three types of speakers who share their space there's ones who have high levels of self-awareness who share from a point of truth there are others that aren't quite ready to do it so it doesn't have the the, the profound effect that they know it has, but they just haven't gone through the process yet. But it's in the bag, it's in the post, it's the email, it's gonna happen. Yeah. And then there are the ones that are in between who see it as a way to get traction, as in they're doing it from an inauthentic place. Mm. And what's interesting is that they are acting. Yeah. It can be very deceiving, but that's it. Like you can tell when someone shares authentically because actually, confidence doesn't come across you know that that yeah. their eyes sometimes flip to the side you know there's you you can see the internal processes and, the, and even the gaps that they take between words and the shirts yeah. like quiver in the voice when someone's acting they don't have that they actually have a very aggressive way of putting it of like i am talking at you whereas yeah. someone who's gone through it is like I'm, I, you know i'm engaging in a sharing experience with you yeah. And that's, those are the people that I, I have attracted to. And I feel that we're shifting towards that, the authenticity it's, it's here to stay. Like it is, it is, it is massively, it is a Kool-Aid man going through the wall. Like he is already in the house, like just drink the damn Kool-Aid. Right. Just, it's okay. Yeah, and it's those, it's the, those okay. people who I've just spoken about, I just wanted to, to make yeah. a point. Like it's all right. You know, yeah. like if, if you've heard this and you go, shit, that's me. It's like me and Kyle exist. We can help you with that. Mm. If you want to. <laughs> that's, that's the offer is like, and you hear it because we live it. Like, it's not like we've lived it. The uh, last talk we've arrived. We're still going through because <laughs> it just happens. This, we haven't arrived. I'm never going to arrive. It's never going to happen. Never arrive. I think at we, the moment when we yeah. pass from this life, we might just get a small glimpse into what it all meant. Yep. But other than yep. that, it's like I oh, just on a on, on a journey to see how this day goes. I'm gonna do this. How does this work out? Am I feeling uncomfortable? I'm gonna I'm gonna look at this. I'm gonna talk to Kai about this. you know it's all this, yeah. all this stuff that goes on. You're like my go-to text right now. Sorry, I have to I dump <laughs> some stuff. Like it, it just because I'm like oh my god, we're like we got this sinkness going on. Just crazy because you said something about like feeling anxious today. I was like holy shit, I had that this morning. Yeah, what the I, heck is going on? 
and um, I was going to my crab maga class, and I was just like, <laughs> everything in my body was like, don't go, don't go, don't go. Yeah. <laughs> but I just, I just fucking went. You know. Yep. And here you I, are. I trust that I was going to be okay. I knew that it was surface level anxiety. Yeah. I didn't think that there was any great risk to me by going. So I chose to go. And you shared I, about it, like I, just yeah. on here and then on a post, right? On, on social media. Because but again, it's, it's that, <laughs> you know, the people on social media who are my support network. Yep. You know, I have a responsibility to let them know and it helps me. That goes back to that responsibility to let them know. And I love how you say it. You just said it and I want to hit this and then you hit your, you hit your marathon of talk and I, and I was like, I, it's got to fly, but it's come back out. And we talked about like the responsibility to other people and clients and I want to hit this in the world, right? Think about that, like your clients or your family and your friends, your, your, uh, in your relationships, like you have that responsibility to tell them that you're in this place, right? Yeah, because it's, it's you, community, you know, we live in a society where coming out of, we're coming out of the individualism, the lone wolf that was propagated through business in the 1970s and the 1980s. We've also drifted from secular society. So there is this, it's changing now, but what we need is community. We need each other. So when I tell someone about my anxiety, I am inviting that community. I am mm. taking responsibility that I want community in my life. And it also leads the way for other people who yeah. are anxious to respond in that way so I can be Love part it. of their community. <laughs> it does. It, it's one person opening the door saying, look, here I am. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in it. And, and make, you're right, making that community and then paving the way for them to actually say, oh, wow. He just like, he went like super vulnerable. He's like, yeah. I'm... Especially yeah. in the self-development world. Where yeah. Unfortunately, we've got this idea that coaches need to be like infallible like fuck off yeah i'm a yeah. human being i'm a superhero you know, you know i live my truth and i talk it because i've been through yeah. some hideous shit i'm not gonna hide that from you i'm certainly not gonna hide when i'm having a really bad day yeah i want you to know me like, i don't want that's projection of some bullshit realness or fakery yeah that i project to keep myself sort of regarded you no know, because that's arrogance isn't it it's like right? not showing people who i am that telling them percent how they see me. It's just, it's failed manipulation that serves me. It, it is. And, and eventually more people will buy up, like pick up what you're, what, what, what's being put down because it's just constantly being put in front of them. You still got the one market over here. The guy is like, Oh, I had my $30 million business and I decided to start doing this for you, you know, instead of, you know, I have my $30,000 business and I'm doing this because of my love for you. I'm doing this yeah. because of my love for myself yeah. and my family and everything else, because this world can suck. It doesn't suck. It can feel like it sucks really we bad, need but to on do the it other side. Together. Yeah. You know, someone when I, I went on a, a podcast early on and then like I saw it, I was like, oh my God, it's a podcast. Fucking hell. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Be proper. Yeah. <laughs> they they asked me this question, like, why'd you do what I what what you do? And I was like, to be honest with you, like my own mortality it scares me. You know, dead in the dead of night when I have nothing else to think about and it crawls on the fact that I'm gonna end one day. Like, that's terrifying. The only thing that elevates that. Oh, there's children come back in. We got Legos now. Kyle's playing with Lego. I got playing with Legos. But um, the, the only thing that alleviates that pain is helping people and helping people see the good in themselves and them taking responsibility for their own power. Like, that is what gives my life meaning. 
It makes it all worthwhile. It removes the fear because I'm doing it out of love. And I fucking love what I do. Mm. Absolutely fucking love it. You know, that's, that's the thing in like, once you get into that moment, right? Once you get in that moment of like, you love what you do and you like, and I, so many people are looking for that. I had this conversation the other day and they're like, aren't we all looking for that? I was like, you know, people are looking for comfort and people are looking for those other things, but actually falling in into loving what you do and everybody's, you know, and it could, again, could take forever. Like as you're on that path, you know, like you define on the path. You're, yeah. You're already, you know, and and eventually we get that. And it could look like something different for everybody. And I think the big, the popular thing now is like, quit your business and start helping other people. And I'm like, but it could look like you could be the guy who changes tires and absolutely love it. And that is beautiful. You know, you could be the person who's, you know, serving, uh, I know people who are flight attendants, right? And they would never trade their job for anything else because they're yeah. giving the comfort of somebody as they're going on this yeah, ultimate yeah. vacation. Yeah, you know? yeah. And we all have to go into this like, Everything's we have, they have to arrive in a space like we have or whatever else. And I have like, to turn don't, don't shame other people no. for finding their calling in the most mm -hmm. unexpected of places. No. And for the longest for mine, I thought it like it was helping other people, but it was in a classroom in a corporate environment. And that's where I hung. And all of a sudden I'm like, wow, you know, I, my journey's taking me somewhere else, but I'm still invited to just tell to, to to help that. It just looks different, right? Mm. And because it can change too. Right. Yeah. Like oh, sometimes yeah. I mean Maybe you're not in 10 years working with 16 to 23 year olds. Now you're working yeah. with, you know, 98 and up, you know, <laughs> peanut I, playing I grandmothers. Of like, in recovery, they always say, you know, keep doing what you're doing. And that's like your day to day, you know, whether you're having a shit day or you're having a really good day, I'm still doing what I'm doing and doing what I've, so I, I adopted that mantra all the way through, you know, 10 years ago, I started that mantra. It's done me all right. You know, it's done me really okay. And even today, I'm just like, I'm going to carry on doing what I'm doing. I'm just going to do it. I don't really think, I don't actually think a lot about it, if I'm perfectly honest. It, it kind of, I just kind of just take one step in front of the other. And yeah. I may well not be coaching, you know, young men in 10 years time. I don't know where I'll be. There are certain areas that I want to go into, but I'm going to keep on doing what I'm doing. But it's like with the approach that I have, you know, which is honest, open, loving, authentic, and yeah. just giving things a go that keep you going yeah, and keep no, you where you're at. Yeah. yeah that is, absolutely. that's, I mean, that's the whole thing is that you've, you've, when you identified yourself when you came on the first of the show, identified you, this is Henry and it's always been Henry, right? That's been the, the little boy coming out. This is the Henry that you want you know, and all those strengths and positive things that you said about yourself is like, and it just shows up every day now. And that's what yeah. keeps I'm, you going. I'm more like the seven yeah. year old self. Yeah. Than I have been all the way mm. through my life. You That's know, I've crazy. Home. I've returned to that security. Security yeah. comes from You're gonna get Very some. Uh, <laughs> gonna get some people who hear that and be like, "I have to turn back into a seven-year-old." No, <laughs> no. Like no. when I was a kid, yeah. Yeah. I used to uh, pick flowers for my neighbors. I used to pick my mum flowers when she was ill. I used to go up to when she had a migraine and douse her head in a in a cold flannel. You know, yeah. all I wanted to do was love through my journey i kind of understood that it wasn't okay to show love so my journey has been very much about embracing my core yeah which love and i give mm -hmm. and you know what i do all those things for my mum today that's awesome still pick her flowers it's really silly but i do i douse her head yeah. 
you know, I do really silly, thoughtful things for Joe that she doesn't expect, but it's, it's playful. Yeah. So it's quite naive, you know, and I really value this curious naivety that I go into, you know, like I went into an a really heavy a BNI, which is British mm. National, is super corporate. I think I don't know business something or other. So it's super. Yeah. Corporate. I'd give it a go. I went in there with this just really playful naivety, and they're like, "Hey, what do you do?" And I said, "Well, actually, right now I feel really vulnerable because this is completely out of my comfort zone. <laughs> what do you do?" Yeah. <laughs> they were just yeah. like, Wait, "Oh yeah." I was like, "Yeah, no, this feels good. Fuck it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, well, whatever. Let's like let's have a chat. Do you want a hug?" <laughs> like, no <laughs> whoa too fast all right yeah, you know? yeah no, no, okay well you're not there yet but hey we can work together yeah i love that approach man I, I do you know and like everything's you have to be like the seven-year-old seven-year-old coming in playing with legos right and doing all that and i was like it just goes back to like my kids like they came in here because they want to be loved right they just want to hey spend some time with me I'm like well, that is i'm spending some time with other people that are you know we're gonna get their thing but we're gonna go down and play legos right and those is just that's Mate, the thing it's not like it's day. not like the silly kid who's you know peeing his pants or anything else it's the, the core thing that you wanted all along you know and that's coming back to that is dude that people, is, people love that and there's a charisma in that as well if you're able to embrace that mm. and it's not a risk to you people will be drawn to you yeah because we all we, we gradually miss this kind of playful embracing of naivety because no one wants to be wrong but it doesn't matter if you're wrong you're just embracing the world and going yeah. out trying new things whatever it's not a risk to you and people are like oh i i i want some of that yeah you know? i feel yeah. like i've lost myself there's a reason why people say that they've lost themselves because they're no longer in touch with that beautiful perfect wonderful child Oh man, it's, it's true. And I, I'm so curious. I know we're going to get long on time because this is what we do. And, um, you know, we're, it, all the, how does it, I mean, really, it just happens. Like all of a sudden you're just like, love, 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 love. Oh, I don't want other people to feel good or show them I feel good anymore. All of a sudden it just, it's like, it's like a flip it's of a school, coin, man. Right. It's yeah. School. Well, like, school, yeah. Workers, yeah. not human mm, beings. Yep. Like, uh, this guy, this amazingly talented osteopath that I know, he said, if you ever want to be really close to source, spend time with a child between the ages when they're born and five. Mm-hmm. And then watch the life drain from their eyes when they get yep. to, as soon as they like, go to school. Hell, that's so true. Oh, man. It is. You know, I'm, I'm dealing with that right now. My, I got one that just started and the other one is in their second year of school. And I'm trying to let them. They come home. Oh, we want to do actually I'll go play. Go just let it out. Yeah, like go, you know, go be kids. You can learn a little bit later. You know, yeah. we'll do homework later because I know you have to do it. But, um, but yeah, that's not the light, you know. And watching them do that, sometimes I do it vicariously. I sit there on you know on the sofa and I'm just like I'm spending time with them, but I'm just watching, right? And just like man, <laughs> I love that. I love that. And then if I can get my back into it, <laughs> literally, I'll get down there, and do it. And this is why people homeschool. <laughs> you know I, oh yeah i, I assume yeah. i mean this the conversation on education is an entirely separate podcast i do have to go to bed yes you do <laughs> it is late over there i am i am very aware 11 of that. 30 it yeah. is man but we we went ah, this is what we do right we, we're like well, we're I, go i've still got i've got a gears of war date with someone Ooh, so I have to go sounds like a bunch oh. of fun well yeah, i'll tell you we what go. coach oh, professional man. still loves his video games oh, yeah, why God. not it's, it's, uh, if I could get my, if I could find one that my son would play and not get too like, ah, uh, just 
five-year-old him on then we would do it but it would just be like tell you a yeah. really good game for kids it made me cry it's called abzu it's not violent you're just this underwater dude and you float around an underwater world helping Ooh. sharks that would be and great because he wants spider-man oh right well okay maybe <laughs> you know, not we're <laughs> we know that i want to get something where he's not going to be like totally you know sucked right in because he had a issue you know with the tablet and like i gotta play buy a, buy a like a commodore 64 from the 1960s that'll, right. uh, <laughs> i'm gonna go back to the game i played here's a floppy disk in oregon trail yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> knock have yourself out have Play at bomb. it yeah here's a te- here's tetris on a game boy yeah. oh my god do that Daddy, oh, man. What is this? <laughs> this, this offends me yeah, right. this, what, what is this like two-bit graphics i mean come on <laughs> like he's like we're, we're in a 4k world we're in 8k now dad you know oh, no they've they played with some old toys but dude this like i love our conversations the text and we have because it's like it's just it just manifests as something that's just great and while i love like my initial thing was like take people down a linear path because that's just kind of like who i used not who i used to be but i was like how do we get the process behind this but i think when you look behind it and you look at how people just tell their actions and their feelings around that you can grasp onto it right you can grasp onto wow he went to this smart place and he started to do the work on himself or he started to go here and feeling these ways and each person's journey is so different man it's so different you know there's things that are likeness to everybody else but it's a unique path so there could be two or three things that one person's like, well, I didn't go through all that, but I certainly feel this way. And whatever he said here, I'm going to take it. So it's meant for them to extract. And while I believe the linear nature makes it easier to learn, it also makes you listen to the whole damn thing. <laughs> so uh, I love it. I really appreciate this, man. I'm so grateful for this. And what I love, um, kind of similar, was the impact statement of how we know because people are by themselves, right? There's one impact. If you had to leave it for somebody right now, you know, to give them their moment to, believe in themselves and to stay in a fight what would that be do not let anybody tell you who you are that was short and sweet and amazing i love it that was the shortest one out of the three we've recorded voice as well kyle right there don't let anyone tell you who you are it's it's true though man it is that's true true. yeah so true that's it (laughs) you just say it nicely (laughs) <laughs> don't let me tell you don't don't let don't me tell let you who you are anybody tell you who you oh, are oh, you're the pro, posh brit huh <laughs> very, i love it very posh yes uh, this is what i love about this man I, I i totally wanted to be the formal whatever else and i just want to you know these conversations i live for them yeah man i i always feel so much like it's a it's a shame that i gotta go to bed it is because i actually feel really pumped yeah We'll just schedule another uh, You're another a date terrible uh, remedy for sleep, Carl. <laughs> Insomnia has always been my friend. So, uh, <laughs> but I tell you, Henry, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for your friendship. I am extremely like proud in the fact that like like we each have just said, boom, let's collide, right? Like in a good pride, go pride, like oh, you know, my friend. But that that has grown in that you reciprocated and came on to this new journey of mine <laughs> and uh, you're an amazing human. I'm going to tell you man. that right now. I believe that. so too. And you're going to come back as a guest Ooh. on a panel. I hope yes. soon with yes. some military dudes. I will. And we're going to commit to some other, I think we said like co-episodes would be great. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we, we got some episodes, but guys, thanks for listening. Henry, I appreciate you so much, so much for being on here because it means the oh. world to me that you're on like the, like the 
the first month of people I, I hand selected people who were like i want this to happen and you happen to be one of them so uh, i'm honest you. to god i'm just really privileged and i fucking love you carl oh i love you too henry you have yeah. a good night i will do all right brother bye-bye bye thank you everyone for listening to this episode We look forward to bringing you new content each and every week through our boots on the ground approach of real and relatable guests. But I'll tell you what, this show cannot carry on without your support. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Thanks everyone for listening. And I want to remind you to stay in the fight.